after I beat all three of them in arm wrestling, one after the other even, I tell Sir. He says he's proud of me, but when I say, It was easy. They're all wimps. He puts me on KP duty. You can't prove your strength if you're fighting cowards. That was just a little glimpse into episode three, Little Bird, airing August 24th. I spoke earlier this week with one of the stars of episode two, Pal, Hannah Rose Dorf. We talked about her distinct voice, how it helped earn her the role of kid, and eventually her SAG card. Hannah works with kids in New York and so has a distinct perspective on the character she portrays, the system in which she lives, and the relationship between kid and pal. So here is me talking with one of the newest SAG-AFTRA members, Hannah Rose Dorf. Well, let me start by saying congratulations on your uh, little yellow card. Thank you. Or gold. Have you gotten in the mail yet? I have not yet, no. It takes about a week. I, you know, it's uh, the job that got me the card I, I auditioned for because I did this. So it was, uh, it was a good chain reaction. Really? Yeah. Are you allowed to say anything about the, the what job it is yet? No? Okay. That's okay. Eventually it'll all come out. So and and this, you know, this this job went out on backstage and I got tons of submissions um for the role of kid and from all ages, you know, people who were actually her age up to people in their middle ages who sh- had just had no no uh, reason to audition for it but there was one distinct voice that you know when i when i in my head hear the voices of my characters i have something in particular that i want to hear and i got to be honest it wasn't your voice but then when i heard you speak i was like oh i was wrong this is this is the actor. And my casting associate um, who helped me make all the final decisions was like, nope, that's her. So what from your end, though, you see this casting call, you see that it doesn't pay a lot. It's, um, you know, not a lot of time working. You're doing it from your home. What was it about either the character or the project that you said, OK, I'll give it a shot? Um, so I was kind of new to voice acting, I guess, in theory, I still am. Uh, I've been primarily a stage actor for a very long time. Um, and it said kid. Okay, so that's the first thing that I saw. Like I've always had this childlike voice that I've always hated. Um, and in college, my acting for the camera professor was like, you know, you should do voiceover. You have a really unique voice. 
and at the time I was kind of like resentful about that like okay like I've heard that before like my voice is weird I get it um and I think I've come to view it as like an asset especially after getting this part it kind of gave me the it kind of gave me the confidence to go for other voice acting parts, uh, which is what ended up giving me my card, was playing another child. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it. I saw it, I was like, okay, I'm doing voice acting. I'm not gonna like go for like a huge project. I didn't think I'd get anything. Uh, so I was just like, you know what? I have the time. Um, I'm not doing anything in theater right now. Let me just see what happens. And uh, and then I got a response from you and I was like, oh, that's nice. <laughs> in my head, I was like, there must have been no one else who auditioned for this because I think so, or I have thought so like lowly of my voice, uh, it being so childlike and um, having such a unique quality to it. Um, so it was nice to hear back from you. Well, good. Yeah, it was uh, it was nice to hear from you. So um, that's that's good. So you so you get this this part uh, of kid, and in, in looking at the the script, um, I mean, they, she has a, this is a very um, interesting relationship that she has with this man in her life, pal. Um, what was your take on on their relationship? I mean, I think it was a relationship built out of desperation. Uh, her mom left and she had one person left in her life. And, you know, um, there's, there's, not enough, there's not a lot of options for someone like that. Um, as, like a child, especially, they might not know who to go to. I mean, you can go to a teacher, whatever, um, but, you know, I, I think she she felt like she needed to take care of this man. I'm not sure she knew what options she had, uh, and so he meant a lot to her, um, and so he was like, okay, she was like, okay, uh, we're going to do this, we're going to work together and make this happen. Um and I, I saw, you know, you know, a, a role, role reversal that occasionally happens with parents and their children. She just happened to be a lot younger and he happened to be a lot younger, you know. At some point, the, uh, the child has to take care of the adult, even if they're in their, like, their 30s and like their parents like in their 90s. There's always this seems like this reversal that happens later in life. And for her, it happened earlier in life at a time where she shouldn't have taken on the responsibility, but, uh, she felt she needed to. So when you say she shouldn't have taken on the responsibility, what, when, and I, this is going to be full of spoilers. So when the social workers come with the police and she is faced with her, this man who she's been caring for being taken away from her, um, just as as an actor building a role, what what's going through 
kid's mind as she knows her life is about to be totally changed. Well, I'm not sure she knew everything is my, was my take on it. I think she was a little bit jaded, but like, especially towards like these other adults that suddenly were like here, she was just like, what are you doing? Um, And I'm not sure she was completely aware of what was going to happen in the future after uh, CPS gets involved, after the social worker gets involved. Um, And like in a perfect world, (laughs) in a perfect world where CPS works great and the social safety net is fantastic, obviously they be able to see each other and she'd probably have like a great foster mom and but unfortunately the reality of the situation is that um those things probably didn't happen to for her um and her life probably wasn't much better and probably worse than it was before yeah you mean once once she is in the system and has to go through foster care and group homes and all that yeah. So I'm asking this because and this is one of the one of the things that people who have listened and and or read the story and responded was this question of is she better off? Is she going to be better off without the one person in her life who she knows loves her unconditionally, but who she has to spend a lot of her day taken care of or is she better off without him so i i don't think there's a great answer for this because ultimately the best answer is she's best off seeing him some of the time um you know like where he can be taken care of like obviously she's going to school right so she's leaving him for long periods of the time of the day when he probably shouldn't be left. So, I mean, the best solution is he's going to be taken care of at some like home, you know, like a, a, a good home, uh, you know, and she finds like a great foster mom that takes her to visit, whatever, uh, something like that. Uh, but we know that the reality of the foster care system and the social safety nets of this country um are really lacking and so you can't predict that sort of thing I you know I'm a mandated reporter so I like work with kids uh over the summer I teach them theater uh so like yes this would be a situation where I would need to report every time I do report I feel bad because I I I know what the system is like you know uh I've read enough, saw enough to know that the system is underfunded with terrible people in it who shouldn't be in it. I mean, there's also some wonderful people and people who are working really hard, but um, yeah, I was thinking about kids' future and like, would she grow to resent how 
player, especially in like her teenage years, you know? She's like almost teenager, but 16, that's when things start to get rough. Um, and like what would grow between them then, you know? Um, I don't know where I'm going with this, but is she better off? I I can't say because I I don't know where she is. The adult voice actor she definitely it seemed like, um, but she was almost learning from a child's perspective. So it, it's hard to say. Yeah, she, there is there is a lot of of grief in in Sarah McGuire's voice, um, but of course, I th- I think about I think about things in my past that I lost, and and the way that I felt in losing them, whether it's a friend or you know a loved one, a, a, a job, a thing, you know, whatever. And you tend to get your your memory of it is is arrested there, and so the the feelings and emotions of that loss tend to stick with you know that particular period. So even if she, you know, has some perspective on it now as an adult, I think in telling the story, all of those feelings of that of, of that moment come back, and it they tend to color the way that you talk about something as opposed to feeling like I'm a better person because this happened. And, you know, of course we don't know what happens. I'm not sure she knows where he is now. Like, I think that especially at that age, there's some mystery to where he's going. You know, she's like, is he going to a hospital? And they're like, he's going to be taken care of. And uh, that's, that's a vague answer, and I think adults try to protect children by giving them vague answers. Yeah. And uh, my thing, so my thing when I'm talking to the kids that I teach is that, like, when I was in middle school, I remember saying to myself, like, I will always remember being this age. I will always remember this. I don't know if I even thought that at some point I'd be teaching, but. I do remember, and I, I know now when I teach that I'm talking to my kids like they're adults, because that's what I thought at that age, that I was like basically an adult. Um, and so she probably thinks that this is something she can handle, when in reality, if something went bad, whatever, uh, hemorrhage, hemorrhage, whatever, uh, anything could happen with pal, traumatic brain injuries are not great. Um, it's probably something she couldn't handle. Right. Yeah. He knocks, turns on the gas stove with the, you know, is the handle of his wheelchair. Yeah. I mean, literally anything. It's, like if that means you truly believe that you can like handle anything that comes your way. Um, 
I'm, I, I, yeah, I mean, I assume there is a lot of grief. I didn't have a lot to lose at that age, so I'm not really sure the lingering effects. Um, I mean, the close, when I was nine, I lost a friend in a plane crash. It's the closest thing I can get. Um, but after nine, I didn't have any friends until I was like 16. So um, I, yeah, I mean, I, what I could relate to was like the feeling of loneliness that she had uh, and why she wanted Evander to be her friend, I think. What do you hope that people who listen to this episode will take away from it? Honestly, like, I I want them to be like, you know what? Let's invest more in the social safety net of this country. That would be ideal. Um, But I hope that they, ideally, I mean, realistically, I hope that they learn that kids, especially like 10, 11 onward, truly like really think of themselves as adults, um, even if we as adults don't. Um, and that that's the way that they both expect and want to be treated. And also that kids can be like really lonely sometimes. Um, And even with adults that care for them in their lives, that um, school making friends is a vital part of childhood. And without that, life can seem duller and um, like you have to take on more responsibility without other people to lean on. Well, thank you uh, for, for talking to me about this. I think that, um, man, this, I think people hearing this are going to want to listen to the episode again. Um, you have some lovely things to say. And uh, at, at some point in the next couple of years, I guess we will get to hear you in a major animated feature slash TV show that you can't talk about. And uh, I can tell you it's not animated. Oh, oh, okay. But uh, that my voice is in it. So okay, I got gotcha. you. All right. Well, we'll. Uh, I'll, I'll keep checking IMDb. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sounds good. And you're, you're absolutely lovely. I'd love to work with you again. What is my computer doing? Um, so um, let me know if you ever want that. And I, I will for sure reach out. Yes, 
Well, there you go. My conversation with Hannah Rose Dorf. It's a perfect time to go back and listen to Pal again with the insights that she provided. Episode 3, Little Bird, airs this Wednesday, August 24th, followed by an interview with one of that episode's stars, Lily Sanders. Don't forget to follow or subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Leave us a review, give us a five, share with friends. You can visit us at Mauhouse Productions on Instagram or a blindplaypodcast.com.